So I, I thought like this, you know, whenever it comes to this year, uh, Tisha B'Av afternoon, I've been doing it for a few years already, so I always, it's always difficult for me to prepare it. I mean, first of all, because everyone's tired and, you know, things like that, but it's also, there's halachas about what you're allowed to learn, what you're not allowed to learn. So uh, the, the, the derech that I've been going with is basically what you find by, uh, by some, uh, by chesidim and so on, is that they do the best they can, and the rest, they make a condition. That whatever learning we're doing that you're allowed to learn, so fine. Whatever Indian we cross over the line, it should be with Taras Tefillah. It should be with Taras Tefillah. And in a certain sense, that's really what I want to speak about. Bechlal, this whole share is going to be about that. What does it mean to learn the Taras Tefillah? That's really the idea. But let's, but let's take a step back. So the time that we're in right now, Tisha B'Av afternoon, we know it's a very funny time. On the one hand, we're not wearing shoes. We're still hungry. You know, we're not shaving yet. We're not listening to music. So it's still Tishabav. So we're still being Noig Minhagia Velas. We're still mourning over Churim Beis Amigdash. Mitzat Shani, we're sitting on chairs. And we're about to put on tefillin soon. And we're going to say Nachim. And as we know, it means that Tishabav afternoon, that already begins the time of Nacham of comfort. Now that's a very strange thing. And I try to speak about this every year. Comfort usually is something that makes sense in terms of a geula, right? Like we said by Eicha, that, that uh, describing Golas is rochek mimeni menachem, that the comforter and comfort is far from me. So comfort always means geula. So, so, so which one is it right now? Uh, on the one hand, it's, we're still fearing Tishab of Avelos, which means that we're mourning Churban. Mitzah Sheni, there's some level of Nechama that we're connecting to, which means Nechama is associated with geula. So Sheikh hasn't come yet, so what exactly is going on? <clears throat> so on some level, it must, it must be, on some level, that the Avelis that has started already, I guess, a few weeks ago, but really kicked in last night, the Minhagi Avelis themselves become Gula. That must be it. There's no other way to explain it. Because the Minhagi Avelis are still, are, are, still, are still intact, they're still functional. And if that's Golas, then that doesn't work with Nechama, with Gula. So it must be that that's the Avayda right now, is to understand how the Avelis itself, the mourning itself, is itself Geula, is itself Binyan Beis HaMikdash. Mourning over the destruction of Beis HaMikdash is itself Binyan Beis HaMikdash. Now again, and realize what I just said, it's not only like, everyone knows the famous Gemara, Yerushalmi, called Masavel Ali Yerushalayim, right? Anyone that mourns over Chum Beis HaMikdash will merit to see the Binyan Beis HaMikdash. But we're saying Diva right now. It's not only that it's, you did a big mitzvah by mourning over Beis HaMikdash, and Hashem will reward you to have a, to to see the geula, no, the avelus itself is geula. We're building base hamigdash with our avelus, and that's what we have to figure out. What exactly does that mean? What does it tell us about base hamigdash? What does it tell us about avelus? Okay, number two, another piece of the puzzle. Again, I also try to speak about this every year. Is that the one thing that we do to sort of uh, connect to that in of nechama is clearly connecting to tefillin, right? So you don't wear tefillin this morning. Tefillin is called the Pe'er, it's called the glory. The Beis HaMikdash is called the Pe'er, the glory of the Jewish people. The Pe'er, the glory of the Jewish people, has turned into ash, turned into other Ve'efer. So we don't wear Tefillin. But we put on Tefillin Mincha time to connect ourselves to the Nechama. Because again, even though the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, but, and, the, and we're mourning its destruction, but again, as I said a second ago, the Avelis itself is bidding Beis HaMikdash. And so at some point when we begin to transition and to realize that Nakuda and to focus in on that Nakuda, how the Avelis itself <coughs> is Binyan Beis HaMikdash, so now we're able to put on film. 
So tefillin becomes the symbol of that comfort. So we also have to understand what does that tell us about tefillin? What does it tell us about Nechama? So those are the shemas. Okay, so like I mentioned before, and by the way, you're not going to have to remember the question. I could barely remember the questions at this point, so we're going to help each other out a little bit. So anyway, so going back to what I mentioned in the beginning, the aim of a learning on Tisha it's a very difficult thing. So we know the guidelines, right? We know the Gemara tells us the halach is that, uh, let's see, by, by Shiva and Tishavav as well, that Torah is mesam chilev. Torah brings joy to the heart. And uh, it's not the time for simcha. And so Melo, there's an issue to learn. The truth is, it's more than that. Not only is there a prohibition to learn, although we're able to learn things that are not simcha dik, right? So as we know, not only is there a prohibition of learning things that are, that are, that are simcha dik, According to many Achrayim, there is no mitzvah Talmud Torah today. So it's not only meaning, meaning you can say like there's a, the usual mitzvah Talmud Torah that exists every single day is in, is intact on Tisha B'Av. You're just limited with what you're allowed to learn. But that's not. I mean, there are those that say that, but there are many Achrayim that say not like that. There is no mitzvah Talmud Torah today. It doesn't mean that if you learn, you don't get schar for it. But it's a mitzvah. You're not commanded. There's no there's no chiyav to learn today, which is an amazing, amazing thing. Not only is that a chiddush just. Like, okay, that's a little bit of a strange idea. We have such an idea that the person is involved in one mitzvah, so you're putter from Talmud Torah, we understand, but I'm sitting and doing nothing, I'm not, uh, I'm not allowed to learn. There's no mitzvah Talmud Torah. Not only is that a little bit shocking, bichlal, but to understand a little bit deeper, every mitzvah is not just a mitzvah, it's a, it's a source of life, it's a source of chiyas for ourselves, for the bria, for the neshama. And of all mitzvahs, everyone knows, Talmud Torah is what? Connected Kulam, right? Talmud Torah is the most chashva thing. It's the source of Kehim Chayin of Aruch It's Mamash, the source of everything. So how could it be such a thing that there's a day of the year where there's no mitzvah of Talmud Torah? So, so, what, so, so where is the world standing on? What's keeping the world going if, if it's not Talmud Torah? So it's yesterday's Talmud Torah. Every day is a different universe. How, how could it be such a thing that there could be a mitzvah without the chiv of Talmud Torah? How could, again, if you say that there is a chiv of Talmud Torah, you're just limited with what you're allowed to learn. Okay, fine. Let's say that there's no chiv of Talmud Torah today. The truth is, I, I think to begin to unravel this question, to be able to, to come to a little bit of an answer, we have to investigate the nisham of a particular tzaddik, spend a few minutes doing this, and this is a tzaddik that's both connected deeply to Tishavav and very deeply to Torah. And that is who? It's none other than Rabbi Akiva. Right? It's like we said this morning by the Kinnis, Rabbi Akiva is, uh, is the, 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 the greatest of the Asaru Gemalchus. Rabbi Kiva's, Rabbi Kiva, his whole life was completely revolving around Hur Mesa Megdash, trying to build the Mesa Megdash. He dies like Kiddush Hashem. He says his whole life was leading to that moment. Rabbi Kiva is completely bound with the Indian of Churban and Gaulus and, 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 and uh, the difficulties that come with it. That's Rabbi Kiva, his whole life. And yet Rabbi Kiva is also the site of all of Tarsh Baal Peh. All of Tarsh comes from Rabbi Kiva, right? Uh, and Mishnah without a name is Ramey or uh, Tesefta without a name is Rabbi Huda. But Kula, but says the Gemara Megillah, but all, all, those are all his students. Kula, leader of Akiva, it's all coming from Rabbi Akiva. Tyrus Rabbi Akiva, he's the pillar of all of Tarsh Baal Peh. So you see such an interesting thing, that the person that's the embodiment of Tyra is also the embodiment of Tishabav. He's, the, he, he, he's the, the symbol of suffering in Gullus and the hope and the longing and the desire to Gula. That's Rabbi Akiva. So Tishabav is Rabbi Akiva's Yantif, you know? It's his day. But he's also the pillar of Tyra. It's ironic that the one day that's connected with Rabbi Akiva, we can't learn. So it must be that in Rabbi Akiva, and specifically Tarsha Rabbi Akiva, we figure this out. 
What's the relationship of Torah and Tishavah? What's the Torah of Tishavah? So let's learn a little bit about Rabbi Akiva, his neshama, where he came from. So we don't have a shaykh, we can't, we can't even begin, but uh, Siddiq can open the doors for us a little bit. So there's a, there's a, there's a theory that we find amongst the Kabbalah in terms of understanding Nishmas Rabbi Akiva, where Rabbi Akiva's shayrish was coming from. We know that B'derach Klal, like, like when Bayez gave a bracha to Rus, uh, I'm sorry, when the, when the Bezdin gave a bracha to Rus, when she was, when she was getting married to Bayez, that she should be like Rachel and Leah, the Jewish people come from Rachel and Leah. So not only do the Jewish people come biologically from those two women, Rachel and Leah, but Neshamis fall into two categories. There's Yeshva Tzadik, there's Rachel Emenetik and Neshamis, and there's Yehuda, there's Leah Emenetik and Neshamis. That's how it goes. So we find this theory amongst the Kabbalah in terms of Rabbi Akiva. Where is Rabbi Akiva's Shairish? On the one hand, in the writings of the Ramchal, for example, we find in the Ramchal, talks about this at length in, in uh, one sefer in particular, Kinnas Hashem Tzvakis, Ramchal talks about how the shayrish of Nishmas Rabbi Kiva is that Rabbi Kiva was of Chinah, an aspect of Mashiach ben Yosef. His name was Akiva ben Yosef. And that was his whole Indian, the, you know, Yosef, Mashiach ben Yosef, Chazal say, dies, Rabbi Kiva dies. Rabbi Kiva is rooted in that world of Rachel Imeh, the world of Yosef Tzadik. Ar Kach, it's an interesting thing. I'm not going to go into this too much right now. I've, I think I've spoken about this before, but the Ramchal, in fact, writes that there was an earlier, there was an earlier person that also had the neshama of Mashiach ben Yosef, very much connected to that world of Rachel. And he started off as a Tzadik, but then went way off. And that was Rav Benavat. Rav Benavat, the one that split the Malchus from Malchus based of it to literally make a new Malchus of Yosef, a Tzadik in the north of Eretz Yisrael. And so the Ramchal, the Ramchal writes in his Sefer Kinnis Hashan that the soul of Yerav Menavot, through all of his Averis, was so damaged, it needed such tikkun, that it came back in Rabbi Akiva. And that's why Rabbi Akiva had to go through such difficulties in his life to repair the, partially at least to repair the Pagamim that was caused by Yerav Menavot. So on the one hand, the Ramchal writes that the Nisham of Rabbi Akiva comes from that place of Yosef Atzadik. Mitzvah on the other hand, in the Kisvari, we find that Rizal says something different. The Rizal says that, that Rabbi Kiva was a Gilgal of Yisachar, of all the Shvatim, Yisachar. Yisachar was from the world of Leah, from the tribe of Leah. The Rizal says, this is why we find that, Rabbi, it's an interesting thing, he says that, Chazal say that when Rabbi Kiva was young, when he was in his first 40 years and he was disconnected from Torah learning, so Chazal said, he said, he said this over to his Talmidim later, that when he was young, he would always, he, when he saw Talmud Chacham, he would say, I want to bite him like a donkey. And the Tamidim said, why like a donkey? It's not normal. You, the expression is to bite someone like a dog. So he said, a dog breaks the skin and a, bunky, and a donkey breaks the bones. But it said the result, it's not a coincidence that Rabbi Kiva had that shprach. And he, and he references it later on in his life. Like he, he remembered it, you know? Sometimes when people do tshuva, there's a tendency of... Um, Blocking off certain things. But Rabbi Kiva didn't do that, and specifically with this mimer. So what's Peshat? So Rizal says, because the soul of, of Rabbi Kiva is the soul of Yisachar. And Yisachar chamar garim. Yisachar is compared to a donkey. He's compared to a donkey in terms of him embracing the yoke of Tyra. But Rabbi Kiva, who had the nisham of Yisachar, but in his early years, it wasn't uh, fine-tuned yet. So that chamarness, that donkey kite, whatever, was emerging in Rabbi Akiva's life, but in an unhealthy way, in a way of adraba, of expressing how he does not want to connect to Torah, by breaking the bones of Tzimichom like a donkey. 
when Rabbi Kiva gets older and he's misakin himself, so then he's able to embrace that inyan of Yisachar, that inyan of Chamar Garim, of accepting the yoke of Tar to become Rabbi Akiva as we know it. So Zezak Darizal, that Nishmas Rabbi Akiva is coming from Yisachar. So this is a problem. So the Ramchal says, Nishmas Rabbi Akiva is coming from the world of Yosef, the world of Rachli Menu, Sheikh and Yosef. Whereas Darizal says, Nishmas Rabbi Akiva is coming from the world of Leah, a child of Leah Yisachar. So how do you make sense of that? So listen, you could say, in, in Nigla, you could always get machlekes, machlekes. We don't like saying that when it comes to Pneus Atayra. I guess if you have no choice, but uh, we have a choice, so, so we're not going to do that. So we don't want to say machlekes. So how do we put them together? And the truth is, if you think about this a little bit more, Bechlal, Yisachar, just focusing on Yisachar. Yisachar, it, it's funny. He's a, I say there's such a thing that he's a funny shaver, but it's, it's, something, it's something strange. He's a little bit out of place. For example, in Sif Chassidus, Valtanya and Ratzadik and Israel, so we find this very much, that when they talk about these two camps, Rach and Leah, right, Yosef and Yudah, these two worlds, and these two types of Neshamas, they usually connect to two different Avaidas. Rachel and Yosef is almost always associated with Tyra. Always associated with Tyra. And Neshamas that come with, from that world of Rachel and Menu are going to be very much predisposed and their inyan, whether it be, they might have to struggle with it, but, but their inyan is going to be Torah learning. Rachel imenu, Chazal even say, Chazal say that Rachel, is, the word Rachel means a sheep. Chazal say the Tarsh Balpeh is compared to a sheep, just like your sheep grows wool, and you shear it off, and it grows more wool, and more and more and more. So so to the halachas of Tarsh Balpeh are mamash endless. Yosvat Tzadik is called in Pasuk Ben Zakunim, right? The child of Yosvat of Yaakov Avinu's old age. Targum says, what does it mean? Ben Zakunim means Bar Chakim. That Yosef Tzadik was the one that Yaakov taught the secrets of Torah to. <clears throat> so, Rachel, Yosef, that always means Torah. Always means Torah. Where's Leah? Leah always means the world of Tefillah, or the world of Davening. That's always what it means. Leah, the eyes of Leah are, are dull because of her Tefillah, because of her Davening. Yehuda comes from, the Yehuda comes from uh, Leah, Davenel comes from Leah, the, the Amud Tefillah. Nims Mirs Yisrael, the singer of the Jewish people, the songs of the Jewish people, Tfilas, that's what Leah is. Yehuda is the one, Davra Melch, Shlomo Melch is the one to build the base of Megdash, Kibesi based Tfilah, Yikar Lechalam. So Rachel Imenu is Tyra, and Leah is Tfilah. And that's what you have in the Shamas. The Shamas that are Yisrael Tzadik Dik, and the Shamas that are Yehuda don't usually very have a, sometimes, if, if they were to get together, it would be, they would complete each other, but very often they, they butt heads because they come from two different places. But here's the odd man now, Yisachar. Yisachar comes from the world of Leah. So that, mean, that means that he should be somewhat connected to the world of Tefillah, the Iker. But yet the whole inning of Yisachar is what? It's Tyra. B'nei Yisachar, Yoyda b'nei Le'itim. That Adarabba from the tribe of Yisachar, most of the Sanhedrin, most of the members of Sanhedrin throughout the generations came from Shevet Yisachar. It's not a coincidence. Yisachar is always the symbol of Tyra, right? Yisachar and Zvulun. Yisachar always means Tyra. So Yisachar should come from the world of Leah, uh, from the world of Rachel. That's where he should come from. The world of Rachel means Tyre. What's Yisachar doing in Leah? What's he doing over there? What's he doing over there? So we can understand Rabbi Kiva. That's that Rabbi Kiva is connected to Yisachar. But so this is already a strange thing. Yisachar is Tyre. Tyre should be by Yisvat Sadik. Should be by the world of Rachel. So what's going on in here? And the truth is, if we think about it, also when we talk about Tyre versus Tefillah. So Chazal in the Gemara Brachas have, there's a Gemara that sort of compares and contrasts these two things, and we're all familiar with this. The Gemara says 
Where says an Isa that there was one Amayra that he was being Marach and Tfila. And the other Amayra said to him that, you know, it's, uh, it's better to be Makatsa to shorten davening in order to learn Torah. Why? Because what is Torah compared to Tfila? So the Gemara says, Torah is called Chai Olam, and Tfila is called Chai Isha. Torah is connecting to the Dvar Hashem. And Tfila is that you're asking for things of this world. So it's important, it's needed, it's necessary. But nice, it's Chai Isha. So tefillah is called chayisha. It's lower than Tyre. Yisashenei, everyone knows the Gemara says that that there's something that stands in the pinnacle of the universe. But people don't take it so seriously and that's tefillah. So on the other hand, tefillah is the highest thing in the world. The Gemara says as a response to that, Rabbi Yechanan said, Halavai a person should daven all day long. It's interesting that Rabbi Yechanan is one that says that, by the way. It's also part of this contradiction. The Gemara says that Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan said about himself, I know Mizar the Yosef Kassin, I come from Yosef Atzadik. The Gemara says that Rabbi Yechanan would stand by, by the mikveh and he would tell the women when they go into the mikveh that they should have in mind that their children should come like him. So the Gemara says, uh, Tamidim said, you're not worried about Ayinara, uh, the Yitzhar, you're not worried about these things. I know Mizar the Yosef Kassin, I come from Yosef Atzadik, I'm not worried about these in Yana. Not worried about Ayn Har, not worried about the Yitzar, that's not my I'm not that's not my struggle, I'm coming from Yesh Vatzad. Khazal said the Gemara says in Brachis about Rabbi Yechnu, Yechnu was unbelievably handsome. Shapuri, the Kirdu Shalim, he was a, he looked a little bit like what it was when there was a base of Migdash hidden. So Rabbi Yechnan is the world of Tfilah. Uh, Rabbi Yechnan is the world of Tyre, I'm sorry. And yet that same Rabbi Yechnan is saying, Halavai, a person should daven all day long. What do you mean? Uh, if there's anyone that should say Tyra, it's Rabbi Yechnan. So What's going on over here? Is Torah higher than Tefillah? Is Tefillah higher than Torah? Is Torah by Yosef? Is Torah by Yisachar? By Leah? Rabbi Kiva is by Yisachar? Is Rabbi Kiva by Yosef? What's going on? Alright, so here, here, here's the Nakuda. Here's the Nakuda. I'll do the best I can. So you know, there's a, there's a Lashon that we find in the Rishonim already. And again, this might be crossing the line of what we're allowed to learn, so through Torah Tefillah. So there's a line that we find in the, in the Rishayim already, going back to the Gainim, in, in how the world was created. Everyone knows this. It's uh, something I've, I've talked about. I talk about a lot. The world is created yesh something from nothing. Something from nothing. Something from nothing. And we know that the way the Rabbanishon created the world, that wasn't just like a model that he used and then and finished. The world that he created... And Nishmas Yisrael, which is the acre of the world, is reflective of the way he created the world. We're created B'Tselem Elokim means that Nishmas Yisrael contains within it the same system and the same structure and the same methodology that the Rabbanu created to create the world. That's what's contained in Nishmas Yisrael. So this Indian, that the Rabbanu made the world Yesh Me'ayin, the process of something from nothing, that exists in Nishmas Yisrael. That is also the makeup of Nishmas Yisrael. So, so what does it mean, Yesh Mi'ayin? What's the Yesh? What's the, mo- what's the greatest something the Rabbani Shalom created? Before, before bagels. What was before bagels? What was before that? That's where my head is. What's, what's, what was before that? What's before these inyanas, right? What's the greatest Yesh? So the truth is, the truth is, the greatest yesh and the ikr yesh that every other thing that claims to be a something is really just a copy of 
and just trying to a poor imitation of it. The real, the, the, the something that really exists in Mitzvahs is Torah. It's Torah. Hashem oiz la'am o'yitain, Hashem yivarach hasam v'ashon chazal say, Hashem gave us strength. What's the strength the Rabbanu Shalom gave us? He gave us a Dvar Hashem, He gave us His will, He gave us knowledge, He gave us strength, He gave us Torah, Yiddishkeit. When a person sits down to learn, when you sit down to learn, you don't know. And hopefully at the end of the Seder, you know a little bit more. You're empowered by that. Everyone knows, every, every male certainly knows this, that when a person learns, especially when you get like into a rhythm, right? And you have like a Seder every day, every week, whatever it is, and you, and you keep it consistent, without even knowing it, without being able to pinpoint, when was the moment that I feel more strong? It happens. Certain Hashem Oiz Lamayitim, it's an Indian of Oiz. Mars says that the Jewish people are Kshay Oirif, we're a stubborn people, where we have a strong sense of self. Mm-hmm. And the Rabbanu Shem had to give us Torah, which is an even stronger sense of self, to like, whoa, okay, that's, you know, to, to calm us down. Hashem Oiz Lamayitim. That's the Yesh. What's the end? What's the last mission of the whole Shas? Mesach Soksin. So the Mishnah ends with what? That Asr HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lahanachil Kal Tzadik Vitzadik. Shai Oilmas, right? That the Rabbanu is going to be manchil, it's going to give as, a, as an inheritance, as a reward to every tzaddik, 310 worlds. Shanamar lahanchil oyeva yesh. Now that's, that's, we don't, you know, that's at the end of Shas. And what's, who are the tzaddikim that the Shas is talking about? People that have gone from, you know, that have made it to Uxin, right? That's what he's talking about. It means that, that, that the reward for Torah is lahanchil oyeva yesh, that you have the yesh. Torah is the yesh. So just as the yesh, so we say yesh mi'ayin, yesh comes from nothing. So what does that mean? What does it mean yesh mi'ayin, something from nothing? Now in our terms, the word nothing always means nothing. There's nothing there. But by the Rabbanu Shalom, that's not what yesh mi'ayin means. Yesh mi'ayin means that the something of Torah did not come out of nothing. The something of Torah came out of something that we might not be able to put any words to. In the language of the Arizal, the somethingness of Torah emerged out of a part of God which is called Ein Saif, which is called infinite. And when we talk about Yesh Ayin, that Torah comes from that which is from Ayin, it doesn't mean Torah just was like out of nowhere. It means the Rabbani Shalom first existed in that place of, noth- of nothingness. It's like I mentioned a couple of Shabbosim ago. I remember Misa from Ravarin of Karlin, right? Just to remind some of you that were there, right? So Ravarin of Karlin. He would go to Mr. Chamagid often to study by the Rebbe and, uh, and his friends or family, whatever, they would ask him, like, what are you learning over there already? What are you? So he said, I'm learning nothing. So, so where are you going? No, 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 no. I'm learning nothing. There's such a thing that when we talk about Yeshmi Ayin, the Ayin doesn't mean nothing. The Ayin means God's essence. It means who God is. Chachma Torah is what God thinks about. Chachma is, Torah Hashem is is how God makes himself relatable. But who is God? That's called Ayin. So how does that translate? So what does that mean? So as I mentioned before, it says in, I did mention this before actually. The Pasuk says, The Pasuk says that Torah has an origin. Torah comes from somewhere. Where does Torah come from? Torah comes from Tzion, from Yishalayim, from Beis Amigdash. From that place, Vakamta Valisa, you go to the Beis Amigdash, that's where the Sanhedrin sits, from there Torah emerges. 
says in Pasuk, Umayam Mibes Hashem Yoytzeh. It says in Pasuk, when Mashiach comes, there's going to be a river. There was already before. Mashiach will come, it will come out. There's a river that flows out of Kodesh HaKadshah. Nachman in uh, Tanyana, I think, Yud. Or no, Ches. In Tanyana Ches, Rav Nachman says, Umayim Mibes Hashem Yoytzeh. It means, what's the mine? What's the river? Ein Mayim. Water always means Torah. Ein Mayim El Torah. Umayim Mibes Hashem. Yoytzeh Mibes Hashem that the, the source of Torah emerges out of Beis HaMikdash. So let's understand. If Torah is the something of creation, and that somethingness of creation, which is God's will, emerges out of the nothingness of God, who God is, an unfathomable nothingness, then that, that is what Beis HaMikdash is. The Beis HaMikdash is, what is Beis HaMikdash? What exactly is it that we're like, what was Beis HaMikdash? Beis HaMikdash was a place that when you visited you visited the source of all yesh. It was the source, it was the ayin of Metzias. The source, of the, the, the epicenter of Beis HaMikdash was what? It was Arna Kaidish, which was placed on the Evan Shasia. It says in Chazal, why is it called the foundational rock, the Evan Shasia? That was a rock from which all of reality emerged. That was the center point that everything comes from. That's the ayin that all yesh emerges out of. So you have this dynamic, the Torah is a yesh, but the Torah emerges out of an ayin, out of a nothingness, out of a nothingness that's not nothing, a nothingness that's infinite, that's God's essence, that you can't put any words to it. And there's a place on earth that's reflective of that ayin, and that's called Beis HaMikdash. And there's an avoida in the nefesh that a Jewish person can experience that it's also connected to that ayin, that source of nothingness from which Torah emerges. And that is tefillah. But tefillah in its root. Let me explain. I said before, like, which one is it? Is, is tefillah lower than Tyra? Is tefillah higher than Tyra? There's two parts to tefillah. There's, there's what a person is asking for, and that's trivial. I mean, I shouldn't say it's trivial. I shouldn't say it like that. But it's chayisha. It's ma- things of this world. A person is asking for bani chayim whatever the category is. It's matters of this world. And when you compare that simple request and the sort of the outer dimension of what tefillah is, and you compare that to Torah, Torah is really something. That's eternal. It's chai oilam. And the experience of davening on the outside, which is what? Which is just asking for things of this world for good reasons, good things. But it's not, uh, it's not the real something. But that's only the outside of tefillah. On the outside, tefillah is lower than Torah. But what's happening on the inside of a Jew that, that compels him to stand before God to, to beg? What has brought a Jew to that place of davening? What's brought a Jew to that place of davening is an absolute sense of bittal, an absolute sense of nothingness, submissiveness, a helplessness, a sense of I am absolutely nothing. Ah. Oh. That's, the, that's, the, that's the vessel, that's the, that's the container that a person is able to experience the nothingness of God. How can we approach Beis HaMikdash? How does a person build Beis HaMikdash in their own lives? What is Beis HaMikdash? The Beis HaMikdash is a place that the embodiment on planet Earth of who God is in His essence, which is unfathomable, unknowable, absolutely everything, absolutely infinite, everything. So what's the avoida that we can do to connect ourselves to that? The answer is, if we're nothing. If we're nothing, then we don't stand in the way between us and God. And then everything is God. Rav Tzaddik writes this in, in, in Machshav Scharis, he talks about this, it's a big cloud by him. 
that you know, the Jewish people, Yaakov Avinu said to Esav, he said, Yeshli call, I have everything. Esav says, I have a lot. Yeshli Rav. But Yaakov Avinu says, I have everything. How would Yaakov Avinu say, I have everything? Well, you have everything. Says so something, you know why Yaakov Avinu could say he has everything? Because when Yaakov looked in the mirror, he saw nothing. Yaakov Avinu's focus in life was, what am I needed for? In Chesidus we find such an idea that in Chesidus we find that there's, there's madrigus of, 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 of humility. And there's something that's called betel hayesh, which means that I'm something. My, the focus of my life is me. It's just that I'm, I'm willing to acknowledge that there's others. But then there's something that's called betel v'metzias. What's betel v'metzias? Betel v'metzias means I'm not a sugya. The sugya of my life is not me. The sugya of my life is bari oilam. Or the sugi of my life is other yidin. It's not me. It's not me, Bechla. The only way to allow a person to experience the ayin of everythingness of God is only if you come to that place with absolutely nothing. See, as long as there's something, as long as you're holding on to something of yourself, then you're not allowing God fully in. And then only a little, a, a, a piece of God can come into your life. But if you want God's essence, you want everything, if you want everything, then you have to come empty-handed. And so tefillah has had, had these two dynamics. If you look at tefillah from an external place, then tefillah is very low. Tefillah is uh, talking about chayisha, matters of this world, important, but ultimately, ultimately insignificant compared to Tyre. But if you understand what mindset, what feeling a person has when, they, when they're brought to that place of tefillah properly, then that place inside of themselves that's being opened up is a place of ayin. That place of ayin, that place of helplessness, that place of absolutely turning their eyes away from all of their power and completely turning towards heaven. That's because I'll say such a thing that when it comes to davening, a person has to have his eyes above. His eyes should be towards heaven. Eyes are interesting. You can't see yourself. I mean, you could look down and see parts of yourself, but you can't see yourself. You have to look in the mirror to see yourself. So the whole eating of eyes means it's not me. That's what Rabbanu made us. Is that our vision should be completely outside of ourselves. To come to Rabbanu to come to life as empty vessels. When a person approaches that Indian tefillah with that sense of ayin, then an amazing thing takes place. Then all of a sudden, that experience of davening is no longer a chayisha moment. It's now actually higher and it's the root of where Torah comes from. And the Torah itself is Yaitzim Beis Hashem. It emerges out of the davening, out of that experience of Ayin, out of that, out of that Beis Hamikdash of the heart. This is the secret of what of who Yisachar was. Here's the question. I don't understand. I thought Rachel is Tyra, and Leah is Tefillah, but all of a sudden there's like a Yisachar in in the world of uh, in the world of Leah, in the world of Tefillah. The answer is Yisachar, as I mentioned before, Yisachar. Most of the Sanhedrin came from Yisachar. What's what's the Sanhedrin? The Sanhedrin is the source of Tyre. Sanhedrin is the source of Tyre. Where's the source of Tyre? Where does Tyre exist in its source? It's in Tefillah. It's from Tefillah that, that Tyre emerges. Tyre emerges. The wisdom of God, who God is, emerges out of... Who, what God thinks about, his, his will, emerges out of who He is. That's how it is with us also, right? Like what you want... 
whether you're whether you're a vanilla guy or a chocolate. I don't know why I'm talking about food. If you're a vanilla guy or a chocolate guy, it probably has to do with like whether you were held enough by your mother or father. I don't know some sort of vinyanim, right? So like what you want emerges out of like who you are. So in a, so when we think of Tyra, you can think of Tyra as okay, it just exists on its own. This is what we do. This is how we live. But that's that that's an unhealthy version of Tyra. The echo way of understanding Tyra is that this is what God wants, but that that. That knowledge of what God wants, that desire that God is showing us is emerging out of who He is. And by the way, this was ultimately the, the source of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. What do we say this morning by the Haftarah? That the Navi says, Everyone know, well, where did the Beis HaMikdash come from? How did it happen, such a thing, that we lost Beis HaMikdash? So what does the Pasuk say? Because they forsook my, they forsaken my Torah. They forgot about my Torah. And Chazal says, everyone knows, they didn't say Birchus HaTorah. They didn't say Birchus HaTorah. What does that mean? It means, means the Jewish people, the, 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 something that we appreciate the most is Tyra. We're Mechabed Tamil Chacham. We're Mechabed Rosh Hashiva, a Goyen, a brilliant person. Someone says a good shtick of Tyra. But someone that's davening, the Yid in the corner that's pouring his heart out with Tillim, the world is not Mashiv as much. No, why? Because Tyra is Yesh. That's something. But if we were to understand that Torah is em- emerges out of Beis Hamikdash, then the Icar is Beis Hamikdash. The problem with the Jewish people at that time, and it's still our problem, is that we separated the two. Not say, what does it mean not to say Birchus Torah? Not to say Birchus Torah means not to recognize where Torah comes from. That's what it means. It means to think of Yiddishkeit as this is what we do. These are the rules that we do. Why? I don't know. This is what we do. God told us we should do this. That's called, that's called connecting to the Yesh of Torah, without it being a mayan yaitz in Beis Hashem, without it being a, a, a river that's flowing from Beis Hamikdash, without recognizing that there's a root of Torah as it exists in Tefillah. It's not a separate universe. It comes from Tefillah. It comes, Yisachar, the Torah emerges out of Leah. When a person learns Torah and the objective is, I want to be connected to my Creator. And the way to be connected to my Creator is by learning about what He thinks about. It's, it, it's no different. It's a classic. Rav Cook says this. It's a classic. Marshall, everyone knows this, right? If you re- the more you love someone, the more you care about someone, the more you want to know about their lives, right? If there is someone in your family that you just like, you found out, you know, you, you found a shoebox or something in some closet about your great-grandfather that he was like a general in World War I in Prussia or something. Okay, that's, that's, that's cool. You're going to want to learn about World War I Prussian generals. Because you care about, maybe I'll assume that you care about your great-grandfather, so you're going to want to learn about that. Why? All of a sudden you have an interest in Prussian generals. I don't know, maybe they were, they were no good guys of bad guys. Fine, so you could be Prussian generals. Anyways, what's the, what's the connection? The connection is, is that it's not about the Prussian general. I want to be makashing myself to my great-grandfather. And this is an aspect of his life. No. So if I want to be makashing myself to God, if I want to experience God himself, then of course I want to learn his Torah and I want to connect to his ruts and I want to do what he wants and, and connect with what he thinks about and what the Jewish people think about, but not because of what it is on its own, but as it's emerging out of the Beis Hashem. If the Jewish people, if we begin to say Birchus Torah, we begin to learn, and we begin to keep Yiddishkeit with the, with, the, with the purpose and the objective of connecting ourselves to the Ayin that all Yesh emerges out of, then that itself is being Mahsha Beis Hamikdash. That itself is building Beis Hamikdash. The Jewish people stopped saying Birchas Torah. They lost focus of, in the Ayin 
in the Leia that Torah emerges out of, and all they focused on was the Torah itself. And so Rabbi Hashem says, okay, so we need to base the Migdash for. You're not interested in me. What you're interested in is in the things that I, that I talk about. It's like I mentioned this before. It's well known from Rav Salvechik. I mentioned this morning that Rav Salvechik, uh, at some point, I heard this from one of his Talmidim, that, that uh, in Boston he began to give a, sh- to give a shir in the Kutu Torah from the Balatanya. And he stopped it after a few times. And he was sickened by it. And he said that, that everyone wants, he, he, he was able to tell from the questions that I guess the Bachan were asking, whatever, everyone wants Salvechik's brain, but no one wants Salvechik's heart. And the Rabbanu Shalom also felt that way by Churim Beis Amigdash. Everyone wants my brain, but no one wants me. And who, where is the Rabbanu Shalom to be found? That's in Beis Amigdash. And how do you approach that place? You approach that place with absolute bittal. When a person learns Torah and you come with a sense of yesh, you come with an ego, you come with your ideas and, and power to become it, so then, 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 you're not, then, then you're not being matim, you're not allowing the Rabbanu Shalom in because you have your own ideas, right? I mean, I can tell sometimes, right? When a person asks a question to me, I, I can tell whether they really want the answer. They're, they're just looking for Eichatimsa to say their tarots. And that's okay. I'm not, I'm not God, so you're allowed to do that. That's fine. But if I was God, I would be insulted, right? right? If I was God. Because do you, do, you, do, you, do you want me, or do you want to just have an opportunity to say you're, you're a nyan? Again, I'm, you should say you're a I'm not God. But, that's, but, but let's understand, when a person approaches Torah as a yesh, then you're not. You, you, then there's no room for that ayin, for the ayin hamakayri, the nothingness, the supernal nothingness. There's no room for that. So there's one. So and this is who Rabbi Kiva was. Let's understand, Rabbi. Kiva, so what was he? Was he Rachel? Was he Leah? Rabbi Kiva was the Mayan mibeis Hashem yaitzay. Rabbi Kiva was Torah as it's emerging out of nothing. Rabbi Kiva is Torah as it's emerging out of tefillah. Rabbi Kiva is is the embodiment of learning Torah for the objective of connecting to God with absolute bittal. Rabbi Kiva, therefore, is coming... The Arizal's right, of course. And Nishmas Rabbi Kiva is coming from that world of Leah. But the Ramchal is also right that the Nishmas Rabbi Kiva is coming from that world of Rachel, which is Torah. So which one is it? The answer is, there's a, there's, there's a Torah that exists on its own, but then there's a Torah that's emerging out of tefillah. That, 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 from that, but not, but not the tefillah on the outside. The tefillah on the outside is less than Tyre. I'm talking about the inner world of tefillah. That inner world of nothingness that corresponds to God, to God's, that, that allows you, that allows you to be in that place of God's essence, from there Tyre emerges. That's where Rabbi Akiva came from. This is why Rabbi Akiva is the pillar of all of Tarsh Balpeh. He has to be. Because the soul of Rabbi Akiva is the root from which Tyre emerges. And there has to be like that. There's no other way. If it wasn't for Rabbi Akiva, then all of the Torah that we would learn would be just ideas, just ideas. It wouldn't be a way to be makasha ourselves to the, dvar, to, the, to, the, to the mikdash that the Dvar Hashem is emerging out of. So let's go quickly. So how does a person get to this place of ayin? How does a person get to that place of absolute nothingness? To allow yourself... So, so you have this idea, right? So you have... God's essence, which is based on Mikdash. And from there, this, God's wisdom emerges. His Ratzon emerges. Tari emerges. And if a person approaches that system with an ego, then all you're going to get is the Yesh of Tyre. But if you approach the system with Bittal, with submissiveness, with openness, that it's not me, I'm just interested in Him, 
Then the Rebbe Hashanah say, okay, now there's room for me to be, not just my ideas. There's room for me to come. And so the question is, what could a person do to allow themselves to be in that place of bittel, to be mamish open and not to stand in Hashem's way? So the Rebbe Hashanah gave us one day of the year, and that's called Tishabov. Tishabov is a day where the Jewish people are forced to feel helpless. That's what Tishabov is. Every single kin is, is bemoaning that fact. That we're mamish helpless. Sep, Azura, a sheep that's among the 70, uh, 70 wolves. Mamish helpless. What's the tachlis of that? And it's interesting, as we get closer to Mashiach, the Jewish people, I believe, I feel, are not satisfied anymore with just looking at Tishabov just as simply that. But let's understand, that inyan of feeling helpless is not there for its own purpose. It's what? It's to allow the ayin... It's to allow us to, to bring us to that place of ayin. And all the, all the tsaris of Gaulus is there to do one thing. To open us up to that place of ayin inside. And when a person opens and enters into that place of ayin, that is based on English. All of a sudden, you now have a part of yourself that's matim, that's a shidduch with that place that's called ayin, that's called the Beis Amigdash. But if you come with a place of, with a sense of yesh, if we come with a sense of yesh, then that's not, that itself is churban Beis Amigdash. In other words, if we're, if we're ye, if, if, again, the Rabbanishim is yesh mi ayin. Torah is emerging out of the nothingness of God. And Nishmas Yisrael fits that. If we don't have an ayin inside of ourselves as all we are is yesh, then all we can have a shidduch with is Torah. But we're not going to have a shidduch with the, with the Beis Hamikdash that Torah emerges out of. How do you make yourself a shidduch with not just the Dvar Hashem, but the Dvar Hashem that's coming from Tzion, that's coming from Beis Hamikdash? The answer is, you have to have a yesh, you have to have a sense of self and a sense of purpose and a sense of strength, Hashem Islam Yitain, but it better be coming from a place of bittal. But you also better have within yourself a place that you go to, which is nothing. And everything you know is... is, is is building and enhancing that sense of purpose, that sense of mission, that sense of outside of yourself, that sense of nothingness. And when you, when a person develops that sense of ayin within itself, now you have a base of English inside of you. That's what Tisha B'av is about. Tisha B'av is not about being depressed and sabrachin and watching, uh, you know, and just, and just beating yourself up and, 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 you know, feeling guilty over the fact that our lives are not as bad as the lies that we're reading about. That's not what Tisha B'av is. Tishabav is for one purpose. Tishabav is that we should be able to build a base of Migdash in the Nefesh. And what is the base of Migdash in the Nefesh? The base of Migdash in the Nefesh is Ayin. It's Ayin. To have a place within our hearts that's empty of all, of, of all power, of all of our own inyanim. And that's, that's the space that the Rabbani Shalom himself resides in. Not his ideas, not his... Tar- that the Rabbani Shalom himself resides in. And from that Mokim Migdash, from there could emerge Tyra and power and strength and eyes. But all strength comes from God Himself. And, if, and, and the only way to, to allow God into your world is if you open yourself up, as if there's a part of you that's empty. And that's the ayin. And so this is the site of what's going on Tisha B'av afternoon. Tisha B'av afternoon is the Indian. Mincha was what, 740 we said? Yeah. So the Indian of, the Indian of Tisha B'av afternoon is not, we asked in the beginning, so, so which one is it? Is it, is it Avelos? Is it Nechama? The Indian of Tisha B'av afternoon is to redefine what the Avelos, what place did the Avelos bring us to? That's Tisha B'Av afternoon. If the Avelos of this morning and all the crying and, you know, and, and uh, horrible stories, it was just, that, that's it, just horrible stories, then there's no Necham in that. The Avelos of this moment is to use all of that 
to develop within ourselves a sense of ayin, a sense of that we are not in charge of ourselves. And Baruch Hashem, we're not. And Baruch Hashem, we're part of Hashem's universe. And we're happy to do so. And we're happy to be part of His world. And we want Hashem to come into our lives. That's the ayin that, that the Avelis is trying to open up. And when that place inside of us that's called ayin opens up, then guess what? That is Beis HaMikdash. Kol Mesavol Yerushalayim Zaychav Rebbe means that the Avelis itself, the, the, the helplessness and the absolute Pull, pull, emptying out of the self that Avelis does, that Tishavav does, that is Beisamim. Because again, the Ayin Hamakari, the Ayin, the nothingness that God Himself can only reside in a place that's Ayin. You have to make a Shidduch for it. There has to be an Ayin inside of you for that Ayin to, to reside in. And when that Ayin is there in a healthy way, then everything else emerges from there. So, what's the tire of Tishavav? So he asked the question, so what does it mean to learn at Tisha how, how could it be there's no Torah in Tisha B'av? Of course there's Torah in Tisha B'av. But the Torah of Tisha B'av is a Torah as it's emerging out of its source. The Torah of every single day is already, when it's a yesh, way, pat, way out, way, way you know, in, in a far distance from, the, from where the Mayan emerges out of. The Indian of Tisha B'av, the Torah of Tisha B'av is a Torah that's all about developing the ayin. Of course this Torah in Tisha B'av, but it's a Torah that's emerging out of Tefillah. It's a Torah that's emerging out of nothingness. It's a Torah that's emerging out of Beis HaMikdash. It's the Ma'ayin Yotzin Beis HaShem. That's the, that's the Torah that's sustaining in the world. The Tachas of Tisha B'av, therefore, in a certain sense, is the deepest day of the, world, of the year, because in a certain sense, it's returning back to the source of all things. It's building Beis HaMikdash. Would, would anyone say in the right mind that building Beis HaMikdash is Bittal Torah? The Beis HaMikdash Kimitzin Teitzei Torah. That's where Torah comes from. So yes, Kakasha, how could they do Bittal Torah and Tisha What Bittal Torah? We're building the Makara. This is the source of where Torah comes from. Torah comes from that place of Ayin. So all of our efforts to build that Ayin is not a, it's not a futility. Adra, but this is the source of where Torah comes from. It's not Bittal Torah. This is the Makara of Torah. It's the Rabbi Akiva Dikat Torah. It's the root of where all the Yesh of Torah comes from to make sure that it's not just the Dover Yesh. It's not just ideas. It's, it's a way to connect to the Bari Olam himself. It's a yesh that brought, that, that, that's connected with the ayin, that brings the ayin with it. And this is the Indian of Tefillin, very quickly. Why is Tefillin this Indian? So you know, I've spoken about this before, when you have you know, Tefillin and Mezuzah, Sefer Torah, Tefillin and Mezuzah, right? Stop. So what's interesting is that Tefillin and Mezuzah both have the same parashas. Tefillin has more, but the parashas of Mezuzah are also found in the parasha of Tefillin. And those parashas are in the Sefer Torah too. The halacha is, is that in Torah we have in the, the parshas of the Torah, in the Sefer Torah, it's, there's chaseris and yaseris. There's open parshas, closed parshas, stumas and psuchas, uh, stumas and psuchas, open parshas and closed parshas. So the loch is that the way the parsha on the mezuzah is written does not fit with the way it's written in the Sefer Torah. But when it comes to a tefillin, tefillin, it has to be written exactly as it is with the Sefer Torah. Why? So Biskarov said, he goes, you know what tefillin are? Tefillin means that you're putting on Torah on yourself. Tefillin is that you're taking, instead of the Rabbanu Shemad on us, instead of literally having a Torah and wrapping it ourselves with it, so he gave us Tefillin. Tefillin is Torah. Tefillin is mamish putting Torah on ourselves. But here's the amazing thing. When do we wear Tefillin? During davening. During davening. See, if you think about it, it's not the pshat, there's a certain amount of time that you, that you wear Tefillin, and we make sure davening fits with that. No, 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 no. If your davening is an hour and a half, then your Tefillin is an hour and a half. If your davening is a half hour, your tefillin is a half hour. Tefillin are custom made, they're worn 
B'Sha'as Tefillah. The Iker is Tefillah, and Tefillin fit into that. The secret of Tefillin is this Indian of what? Of Yesh Mi'ayin. Of Mayin Yetzveh Hashem. Of Torah, of what God wants emerging out of who God is. And that is exactly what we're building within ourselves. That infrastructure is what we're building. The ability to receive who God is, is what we're building on Tisha B'Av. In order to receive who God is, then there can't be a you. There has to be a place within you that's empty. And that's helpless. And that's, and that's willing to put your hands out and ask for help. That, that part of you, that's, that's what we're opening up. That's what we're building. And that's the part that's able to receive who God is. And that's exactly what Tefillin are. Tefillin is, is reflective of this. It's the Yesh, it's the Tfil, it's the Torah, but it's a Torah that what? It's a Torah that, that's coming from, from Tefillin. That's what Chazal say, All the nations will see that Hashem's name is upon you. That Hashem is not, not Hashem is with you, Hashem is watching. That the Rabbanu Shalom's essence is mamish, that you are expressing you are the you are shliach of the rebbeinu from this world that your mamish achelik lekami mal mamish that you are elikus kviachal that you are an embodiment of elikus in the world kishem hashem nikralech and the nations of the world will fear you there won't be any tishabov won't be any chorban and Chazal say what is that referring to elot tefillin shavarish that's tefillin because tefillin means this Indian. is that the Torah as it's emerging out of Beis Hashem as it's emerging out of nothing as it's, as it's emerging out of what out of out of that place of, of, of out of that place of Beis Hamikdash, that place of helplessness, of openness, of, of, of vulnerability. That's what Tisha B'av is about building. And you, when a person's vulnerable like that, that's, that's Mamish where God lives. I'll end up with Mamish a quick mice in another minute. If you'll forgive me, I Mamish don't remember the names. Cause like, you know, so, but I, it was a Maisa with the Friedrich Rebbe that I remember. So the Friedrich Rebbe said like this. He said that when he was young, he had, uh, it was very interesting, his father, the Rebbe Rashab, Gave him like he took, you know he he didn't just treat him like a child he treated him like a future rebbe you know so he gave him very uh, like um, like lesson plans you know in avodas hashem and so the rayat said that that his father gave him for x number of weeks I think it was like nine or ten years old for like a couple months things to learn and things to work on to get to that place of a lev nishba of a broken heart that place of ayin mm-hmm. and so the rebbe yat said so he's more he took it seriously he was working on it. And, and he thought he got to that place of, of Alev Nishbar. And then the Rayat said that he was once by, with his father, a little bit later, and he noticed his uncle. I don't remember the uncle's name, but the uncle was uh, Adam Gadol, Big Tamar Chacham, but he was known to be Mamish, Alev Nishbar Vinitkin, Mamish, uh, unbelievable honor. And the Rebbe Yat said that he noticed his uncle, that the uncle was standing in a room, and he was watching with Mamish Bechias, Mamish crying, looking at another Yid on the other side of the room. What was the other Yid doing? The other Yid was a butler, a schlepper in the house, one of the, one of the schleppers, the helpers over there. And the person was leaning over one of the shtenders that was in the base manager. It wasn't just davening till him, davening till him. And this uncle of the Rayas was watching this Yid, Mamish with Bechiyas. Mamish like, I wish I could, I could do that. You know that? And so the Roshab turned to his son, the Rayas, and he said, that's a Lev Nishmer. That's a Lev Nishma. You could learn all the Torahs that you want about a Lev Nishma, but that's a Lev Nishma. To look at another Yid, and the world of Torah, that's what I talk about. That guy is no shaykhis to the Rayats' uncles, no shaykhis. But the Rayats was so empty of all ego, so empty of his old powers. He was so, all he was was just wanting to come close to Rabbi Hashem, that any little sliver of that, he saw a Yid, oh, I wish I could do that. 
That's a Lev Nishma. How do you teach that? That was the point. The Rashab said, I can't teach that to you. I can't give you a curriculum of Svarim and Prakim of Mesil Sisharim to learn to get to that place. You have to, you need Tishabav. Not Chas in a negative way, but you need, there needs to be a Bechin of Tishabav in a person's life to get them to that place of looking at another year that's saying a capital Tillim and being envious of him and crying over the fact that I'm not in his Madrega, that he's davening up Tillim. That's a, it's a Lev Nishbar. That's a Lev Nishbar. And such a thing, that itself has been in Beis HaMikdash. To realize this, and this is, this is what the world needs, to realize that the avails of Tishabov is not a stam avails, it's not mourning over a loss, it's building, it's building Mikdash, it's building Ayin, it's building that place of his badlas. And that place of his badlas is a source of all strength. All strength, Hashem Oiz and all strength which is Torah, it comes from Bittal. It comes from that place of Ayin. And Hashem should, build, should help us that we have that place of Ayin. From there, all the strength will come.
Just keep it out of here. That's all I'm saying. How do you find this one? It is. It's